Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission here at Heritage is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for each other. I hope and pray that the message you're about to hear does that for you. And remember, you're always welcome here at Heritage Community Church. You know, every now and again, I think we have to pause and give glory and honor to our God for what he has done. You know, I think it's quite amazing that that we get to be a part of what God's doing right now. That we get to be just a small part of seeing this. Look, just Easter weekend, again, 31 souls to the kingdom because the Holy Spirit is in this room. Because you've allowed a presence of God, an atmosphere of worship in there. And I think there comes a time where we've got to just celebrate all that God has done. And to think that we're not praying for a move of God, we're in the middle of a move of God. And there's a difference. That we are in the middle of something amazing and it's all because you guys and you guys are doing an awesome job and in inviting the Lord to be in this place. So I just want to take a minute and say, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, what you're, thank you for what you're doing and thank you for what you're still yet to do. Because can I tell you, and this is true, eh, that the best is yet to come. I truly believe it. If you think we've already seen the best, then just buckle up and get ready because it's about to get better. Because anytime you invite the presence of God into a room, anytime you invite the presence of God into a house, with God do whatever you want to, then he moves and he changes and he equips and he guides and he aids and he helps and he convicts and he does not the bible says we don't bring about the growth he does so as long as we make jesus the center of everything that we do get ready because he's still yet to do more and what i want to do today is i want to start this message off and just acknowledge unfortunately for a lot of us in here that and it's very true that some of you at this very moment you're going through or will go through a very significant trial. Or maybe you've been through it. And you need the words that, are, that the Holy Spirit's going to speak today so it will encourage you to help somebody else going through the very same thing. You're carrying a, 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 a burden. You're carrying this pain. You're facing something you wish you were not if it's not you right now for almost every single one of us it's somebody close somebody in a small group a relative somebody you go to school with you work with we almost all know somebody who's going through something very hard right now and i want to start a series today called how sweet the sound and basically what i want to do for the next three weeks is i want to take some amazing hymns and tell the story behind the song and tell about the goodness of God and there's this song that simply goes what a friend we have in Jesus come on sing it and all our sins and griefs to bear and what a privilege to care And everything to God in prayer Sing this right here, oh what peace And oh 
what peace we often forfeit and oh what need this pain we bear and all because we do not care listen to the words and everything to God in prayer And have we trials and temptation? And is there trouble anywhere? And we should never be discouraged. Do you, do you, do you hear the words? And take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find? And can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows, Jesus knows our every Take it to the Lord know there is something about this song and in just a minute when I tell the backstory and the context of why this song was written you'll completely understand why this guy is so in love with Jesus you'll understand why that when everybody else left and everybody else let him down he realized what a friend he has in Jesus It's such an amazing story. You know, the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And how often do we go through things and we don't do just that? We don't take it to the Lord in prayer. And are we weak and heavy lay? Is this you today? Precious Savior. Precious Savior, still our rest. And take it to the Lord in prayer. Thy friends despise for Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take. Come on. Now we'll find a solace there. What a friend we have in Jesus. Do you believe that today? Don't worry about anything, the Bible says. Instead of with everything, pray about it. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And my hope today is that you will develop a true and sincere love for this friend called Jesus. 
A friend that will stick close to us when times are good and when times are tough. A friend that won't leave your side. And a friend that has heard every single word that you pray. A friend that literally takes the burdens off your back so you don't have to carry them. What an amazing friend. You see, for a lot of us, we grew up knowing about prayer and we grew up learning about prayer and, and we know what it's like. But for some of us, maybe we went through a season where prayer was a little bit complicated. We went through a season where I just don't know what to say. And when I was a young child, I, I really did believe that prayer was complicated. I thought that you had to pray in the King of James language. I thought as a child, you had to pray that thou wilt God bless me. If thou wilt it in your heart. And I realized over the years that it, it doesn't take rocket science to pray to God. That simply all you have to do is come into his presence and have a little conversation. Just have a little conversation. And it's okay if it's a little bit one-sided. Where you're, God, I'm just going through a lot right now. I just don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I'm going through this. Don't know why I'm going through this. But then don't allow your one-sided conversation to stay there. Because at some point, you've got to sit back and say, Lord, speak to me. I can't take it to the Lord in prayer and expect him to take care of it. And then still hold on to it in my hands. If I take it to the Lord in prayer, then I've released it to him and I've got to let him handle it. And here's what I have understood about God, that when I take things to him in his way, he's going to answer it. You know, there's this old song and it says, leave it there. It says, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. It says, if you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there that's what a friend does a friend that sticks closer than any brother John says about this friend he, he said I no longer call you servants this is a Jesus talking because a servant does not know his master's business instead I have called you what friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Jesus called the disciples his most intimate friends. Imagine this for just a moment. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last beginning and end, the great I am, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, in that room looked among those men and said, you are my closest friend. Imagine for a moment the Savior of the world standing there in the midst of them and him looking at them and saying, you are my friend. And what a friend. And what I've understood in life is that we don't serve an uninvolved God. We serve a God who is in every part of our lives, whether you want him to be there or not. He is there. Let me tell you about this song. It was written by, the, by a man by the name of Joseph Scriven. Joseph lived in the 1800s in Ireland, and he fell madly in love, head over heels in love. And on the day before they were going to get married, the day before, they rode on horseback to meet one another. And tragically, her horse bucked, threw her off. She hit her head on a rock, rolled into the riverbed unconscious, and died right before Joseph was able to get there. She died, he found her there, and you can only imagine in this moment, this man's life comes apart. He has to leave Ireland. He just doesn't want to face anything that he knew there. Moved to Canada, encounters the powerful grace of Jesus. 
this guy falls massively in love with a living uh, with a living Christ and he takes his vow of poverty and he's very handy so he works for the people but the story goes he would never work for anybody that could afford him he would always work for those that he knew could not pay for what he did. He, he was always helping people who were in need. Well, a young lady saw this and saw this very godly man and took interest in him. He took interest in her and he fell in love again, this time with a lady by the name of Eliza Roach. They were engaged to be married and weeks before they were married at the age of 23, Eliza came down with pneumonia and also um, um, you know, died and passed away. And so this guy's life was falling apart yet again. Not once, but two times, he never fell in love again. Later on, he found out that his mom had gotten sick and she was back home in Ireland. Well, remember, he took a vow of poverty. So he didn't have the funds to go see her. So the only way he knew to honor her legacy was to write her a letter, to write her this poem. And he mailed the poem, and hours before she passed, she read this. And she put it away in a box. They uh, took it back to her house. Years later, he got enough money, and he went to Ireland to go clean out his mom's home. He brought a, a, a childhood friend in there with him. And the childhood friend is going through all the boxes, and he looks over at him, and he says, what is this poem? Did you write this poem? Man, the powerful words of this poem. Tell me about this poem. And he began to go through his life story of everything that happened. And he said that even in my darkest moments, I still felt peace knowing that I had a friend in Jesus that was walking by me side by side every single day. And it was at that moment when this poem was put to some music and turned into a song. This man who had everything taken away from him, life threw every curveball that it could find, and he still sat back and said, what a friend we have in Jesus. And then I love the part when the last part of just about every verse is, and take it to the Lord in prayer. Because he realized that through every trial that he faced, he said, I cannot do this alone. He said, can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do you see the words now? Do you see the power of those words of somebody who had been there and back? He knew what it felt like to lose somebody that he loved. Yet through all of everything that he faced, he still knew that he had a friend called Jesus. And what I want to do today is I want to take some things to God in prayer. And I want to provide opportunity for you at the end to take some things to God in prayer. We've got to do that. You see, the Bible says in James, it says to pray for each other so that you would be healed. He said the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. What does prayer do? Prayers defeat the enemy. Your prayers can calm a storm. Your prayers can heal the sick. Your prayers can save a marriage. Your prayers can comfort the hurting. Your prayers can restore the broken. Your prayers can push back darkness. Your prayers, your proudest prayers invoke the power of God. Scripture says to pray for each other that there may be healing because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. You see, you literally have the power of God. 
in these words to speak encouragement over somebody to speak life and I say be healed not in my name but be healed in the name of Jesus because it's Jesus who carries the power but he asks us to be the carriers throughout this earth and to pray and to preach the gospel you see your prayers can do that but to call somebody your closest friend you've got to know the characteristics of what makes that person such a good friend you've got to know everything about them and I want to take for just a couple of minutes and talk about a couple of things about Jesus Christ and why he was such a good friend and the first thing I want you to know is that Jesus was a man of action he wasn't just words he was a man of action he wasn't just one to tell you that he cared he was one to show you that he cared there is an incident in Matthew 17 where you've got Peter, James and John and they were on the mount traveling with Christ and, and, and we, they saw Jesus carrying on this conversation with Moses and Elijah it was a religious experience that they would never be able to forget or get away from it was one of those times that you always remember. It was so good and so beautiful that Peter wanted to stay on the mountain and build churches. He, he said, Jesus, if it pleases you, I'll build one for you, I'll build one for you, and I'll build one for you. He so wanted to stay in that religious experience, but Jesus, knowing that it was more than religion, it was about relationship, he wasn't going to allow those men to stay up on top of the mountain with just this emotion, but he said it's not just words, it's action, so I'm going to walk with you down the mountain, and we're going to start putting this experience that you just had, and we're going to start putting it with some action, so that other people can experience the same thing that you just did. You see, when we have the power of God living inside of us, it's not just for us, but it's for everybody around us. You see, it's not your healing, it's not just for you, your healing is for everybody else around you because God gave you a testimony and that testimony may just be to share it with somebody else why because the Bible says we've overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony therefore my words are not meant to keep silent but rather my testimony is meant to be shared because maybe you are the only one who can help that person maybe God's waiting on your obedience well God I'm shy I don't know what to say he'll give you the words I don't know what to do. I'm not sure if I'm going to do great. Just do it. Just do it. Because sometimes the answer is around the corner and all God needs is your obedience to act. And when you act, that's when he moves. He's that type of friend. Jesus could have preached lengthy messages on the dignity of labor. But instead, he labored and worked in a carpenter shop. He could have talked to us about resisting temptation, but instead he showed us how to do it in the wilderness. He could have talked to us about the immortality of a soul, but instead he demonstrated that by raising the dead. He could have told us about the worth of children and how important they are, but instead he allowed them to break up his sermon and come and sit around his feet so that he could show everybody else, if you'll come to me like a little child, then maybe that prayer may be answered. You see, my son, my son has the faith that he says my daddy can do it he said my daddy can do it do we not have to have the same attitude when we go to Jesus my daddy can do it there's nothing that he can't do he could have talked to us long and loud about the need for human sympathy but instead he wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus 
He could have talked to us about humility, but instead he picked up a towel and washed the disciples' feet. He could have talked to us about the spirit being stronger than the matter, but instead he showed it by walking on water. He could have talked to us about giving people food, but instead he took the loaves of bread and the fish and he fed them. He could have given us a lengthy discourse on forgiveness, but instead he demonstrated that by spreading on the cross and dying for you. He's not just about words. He's about action. That's what makes him a good God. You see, that's one of the reasons why he's so magnetic today. I'm doing a Wednesday night Bible study on this word called influence. Time magazine listed Jesus Christ as the number one most influential person in all the world. Time magazine listed Jesus Christ People who don't even believe in the words that he has to say still voted on him being number one. Think about that for just a minute. How did he get that much influence? Because he wasn't a man of just words. He backed them up with action. He was a friend that said, hey, I'm not just going to give you the means to do it. I'm going to grab your arm and I'm going to walk and help you do it. He said, I'm not just going to give you a, a own call to say hey I hope you're doing well no he's going to show up at your door knock on it and say hey let me sit with you for just a bit he wasn't a man of just words but literally he was a man of action point number two Jesus didn't leave anybody out he had no class distinction he knew not what it was to bow down to those of higher um, position or to snub his nose to those of lower in fact I love the scripture in Luke where it talks about the lost coin the lost son the lost sheep because he said the one matters the one matters why because he was a people person it just seemed like Jesus had an open arm he, 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 he was accused by the scribes he was accused by the religious you know, ones of the, of the day because he, he uh, hung out with tax collectors. He hung out with prostitutes. He, he hung out with those that society deemed unworthy. But he met with them. Why? Because he said, I'm a friend to everybody. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls him a friend of sinners. Think about it for just a moment. And if Jesus Christ is his church and he's called us to be his church, should we not be as well? He didn't leave anybody out. When you came to Jesus and even now, you knew that you were going to be accepted. In fact, the only people that he had a hard time accepting were people that could not accept other people. Did you hear me? I hope you heard that. Jesus loves everybody. And isn't it ironic that instead of looking down on people, he sent his son to be with his people. He sent his son to live a life just like you and I live to prove once and for all that I am a man who cares for everybody. I don't care about your color. I don't care about your job. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care about none of that. I love you. That's the Bible that he preached and that he walked and he taught with action. He did not leave anybody out. And he was always throwing people curveballs. Think about it. On the Sabbath day, he healed people. When all the religious people said, eh, you can't do that, he said, watch this. 
He went into those arenas where he wasn't welcome. He walked into those homes where he wasn't wanted. He, he was in those situations where man says was impossible. And he says, I need you to know something. If I'm going to preach about heaven and I'm going to preach about forgiveness and I'm going to preach about healing, then I can't just be about words. I have to be about action. And I can't leave anybody out. I've got to walk into anywhere and everywhere and tell them about the love of God. That's what he did. Number three, Jesus always had something important to say. Have you ever had those people in your life that when they speak, your ears perk up? That you listen? Have you ever been in those rooms where you heard the voice and, oh, that, that guy's in charge, that girl's in charge? You wanted to hear what they had to say. I've been to many conferences, and can I be honest? I know it's live stream, so you've got to be careful. Maybe I not ought to say it, no. I've been to conferences where I was listening to somebody speak and I'd be like, man, I wish they'd stop. <laughs> Have you ever been there? I've sat in services, Lord, have mercy. Where I've listened to preachers preach and I'd be like, where in the world are you going? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but have you ever been in a room where you heard somebody talk and you could sit there for hours upon hours listening to what they had to say because what they had to say brought value to your life and, and it improved your, your will. You know, it, it was so good. And I've had people where I'd sit there and I'd look at my clock and it didn't matter. Now I hope I'm like that with you guys. And I hope you're not sitting back saying, man, I wish he'd be quiet. He was that type of person. He didn't leave anybody out. He always had something important to say. After the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, we read, and so it was, and Jesus had ended these sayings that people were astonished at his teaching. The word astonished, meaning amazed, cannot be properly described in the English language. You could say that they were awed, they were taken back, they were struck out of their senses. The word is a continuing verb that meant it wasn't just for the moment, but even days after he was gone, they were still like, can y'all believe that happened? And even today, thousands of years later, we're still saying, man, can you believe what he did for me? Can you believe what he said? It's still relevant to me today because the Bible is true. He always had something important to say. Number four, Jesus could relate with the common man. Have you ever met somebody that just couldn't relate to what you were going through? And they tried to speak into your life and you're like, but you don't understand. You've not walked in my shoes. You see, Jesus walked this, walked this earth and dealt with every single thing that you could think imaginable. And so, yes, he can walk in your shoes because he's literally been there. He can care for you. He can because he relates to the common man. His speech was a demonstration of his ability to communicate. It's been said that the words of Jesus were put in a modern-day reading comprehension program, and it was determined that he spoke on, on a level of a middle school-aged child, which means that everybody under the sound of his voice could understand what he had to say. I've been in situations where people were so smart and God helped them. They were smart. They were smarter than I'll ever be. They had more knowledge in half their brain than I've had in my entire life. But they began to talk and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. It's like right here. I have no idea what they just said. Just keep on going. Hey, it sounds great. You're doing an awesome job, but I don't get it. <laughs> 
But I've also been in sermons where I'm like, man, I never saw it like that before. I understand that. And that's this friend we call Jesus. He, he spoke. He could relate with the common man. He touched the common man as well. For example, when it came to temptation, something we all suffer from, the Hebrew writer said of him, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Yet without sin. So guess what? It's not the temptation that makes it bad. It's the action behind it. He was tempted just like you and I are, but the Bible says yet without sin. So just because you're tempted don't mean you have to do it. Did you, y'all got quiet on that one. Just because you're tempted don't mean you've got to do it. He was tempted yet without sin. The Hebrew writer went on to say that that in all points tempted, uh, sorry, the Hebrew writer went to say that because he had gone through what we go through, we can approach him boldly without fear or frustration because he understands us. So when we fail, he understands us. When we hurt, he understands us. When we're upset, when we grow weary, he understands us. Jesus was the demonstration of God's love on earth. He understands us. Number five, Jesus was a man of compassion. Matthew chapter 9 says that Jesus went about all the cities, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every, de- and every disease among them. But when he saw the multitudes, what happened? He was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He was days before he was about to be crucified and he was riding up to to Jerusalem and instead of shouting and smiling because everybody was saying, Hosanna, what was he doing? He was weeping. Why? Because he is a man of compassion. If you follow Jesus across the pages of the Gospels, you'll find one continual theme that comes up time and time again. And the theme is this, Jesus cares. That's how good of a friend he is. No matter what you go through, he cares. If you watch him, he stops his sermon to touch the body of a man that's incapable of making much contribution to society. And Jesus says to him, arise and be made whole. If you'll watch closely, you'll see the children crowd around him when the adults want the attention. And if you listen to him intently, you'll find him talking to a confused religious man late at night when he should probably be um, you know, resting for his next day. But why did he do that? Because he cares. Because he cares. Jesus cares. Why did he do all these things? He couldn't help himself. He couldn't not help somebody. When somebody came to him needing something, he was so full of compassion, he could not help but to make an attempt to make another life a little better than it was before. Number six. Jesus offered people something that no one else could offer them. 
That's what made him so valuable to everybody. That's the uniqueness of Christ. He can give you something nobody else can give you. You see, the the difference between this church and other organizations around us is other other organizations can offer us power to turn our lights on or water to run through our pipes or roads to drive the cars on or banks to put our money in, restaurants to eat our lunches in, praise the Lord, and motels and hotels to keep our guests in and schools to educate. But none of those can offer me salvation the church cannot offer salvation but the Jesus inside the church can did you hear that and here's the beauty and the uniqueness of Christ people don't just get saved inside the church because we take the gospel of Jesus Christ outside the church to our workplace and schools and down the street into our homes and and he can save people anywhere and anywhere he chooses Why? Because Jesus offered something that no one else could offer. And here's the point I want you to hear. What Jesus has to offer you, you have to offer others. So what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? You see, there's people in life that I have encountered that just make me be a, 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 a better friend. Have you ever met somebody that has made you a a better person? That they were so compassionate, they were so nice, and they were so giving, and they were so everything you'd want them to be. They checked every box of being the super friend. And they just made you want to be that much better of a person because of it. That's what Jesus should do for us. Because he was so good, that should make me want to be that much better. And if I've got this love of Jesus inside my heart, this friend, this guy that I call friend, the guy that calls me friend, that should make me want to step out the doors of my home and go teach somebody about Jesus. That should make me want to open up the doors of my workplace and share the love of Christ. That should make me want to share my testimony so that other people may know the loving compassion of Jesus Christ. He's that type of friend. And see, there comes times in our lives as, as um, the band comes and, and, and the praise team comes. As I said at the beginning of this message, where we go through trial and temptation and situations beyond our control and we forget that we have this friend. We take things into our own hands. We try to do it our way and not his way. And what's that do, Ron? It just gets us farther and farther down the road without an answer. A true friend is there no matter the day, no matter the time. And I've got that type of friend. There's somebody in this room that walked into church today beat up and tired and worn out and you don't need somebody to tell you what to do can I be real Mike don't need me to tell him why he's wrong he just needs me to give him a big hug and say I'm here I'm with you There's a friend this morning 
that sticks closer than a brother. Me and, me and my brother weren't always close. When we were younger, we used to fight a lot, like all siblings do. My children are there right now, praise the Lord. But the older we've gotten, the more we've realized how important it is to have somebody like a brother or like a sister who at any moment of any day you can call and say, can you help me? And you know there's no judgment. It's just, what do you need? Because I'm there. You see, Jesus had a way of talking to the sinner. Where just being around him made them want to be better. <laughs> we should be that type of friend. Peter and John encountered a lame man at the gate. And upon asking for alms, Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as, as I have give I thee. I've given much thought to those words, such as I have. What did he have? He didn't fish. He was no longer doing that. He didn't teach the man how to fish. But the next words out of his mouth tells us what he had. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, rise up and walk. Why was he able to do that? Because what he had was Jesus. <laughs> you hear me? What he had was Jesus. And in this lame man's darkest day, it was a man named Jesus working through another man. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You see, Peter perceived and then he gave what he had received. Sounds like he remembered the words of Jesus when he said, As the Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And there comes a time in our life this morning that you have Jesus in you and it's time to give that to somebody else. But there's times where we forget that and we get all discouraged and depressed and beat up and we just need somebody to call friend. And I'm telling you right now during this altar, we're about to pray, you're going to find that friend right here. Now I'm going to be honest, there's nothing super special about this. This is carpet and steps and wood. But there's something about the altar. And there's something about that when you make a step towards Jesus, he meets you right where you are. That's the friend. And you're going through hard times. You're going through situation beyond your control. You're trying to do it yourself. And you're carrying that weight and the burden every single day of your life. And sometimes all you need to do is come and lay it down at the feet of Jesus and allow him to carry it for you. So right now, I'm going to tell you when I pray, there's this altar is open for anybody in here that needs a friend. And that friend is going to comfort you. That friend's going to encourage you. And that friend's going to cast no judgment right here, but rather he's going to say, what, what do you need? Let me do it. And I promise you this, being in the presence of God, just being around him makes you want to be better. And the sinful man that I used to be, I know now being around this man called Jesus, I don't have to be that man anymore. So right now, God, I pray for every single person inside this room that's in need of a friend called Jesus. They may have experienced loss like the writer of the song did. 
They may be experiencing marriage strife. They may be experiencing troubles within their business. They may be having situations going on at home that they can't control. God, they may have a friend that's going through it right now and they just don't know what to do or what to say and they, they need this friend called Jesus. And I know there's multiple people inside this room. And when I say amen, I want to challenge and encourage them to get up from where they are and come down here and pray and find this man named Jesus so that when they leave this place today, they leave encouraged because they know there's somebody walking with them. So God, right now, what a friend we have in Jesus. I pray for every single person and challenge them to come. And it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. If you need this friend, would you come? Would you come? He's right here. Would you come? Come on.